And welcome to Savage and Average. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. Uh, welcome to the podcast, as always. Remember, you can go on all the platforms on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on TikTok, and just type in uh, Six Zero Academy or Savage and Average, and, that, and everything will pop up, and you can follow and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well. Uh, big thanks uh, to, to everybody last week uh, for, for a great show. Uh, we had uh, Coach Jason Brown on from uh, the Netflix show Last Chance U last week, uh, and he rocked the, the mic, and we had a great show last week. And it is my, uh, my honor and pleasure to bring on uh, my man Gabe Napton, who runs Different Bridge Sports Performance up in northern Colorado, uh, trying to help as many of these Colorado kids as possible. And we're going to dive into that head first, just like your boy here. Uh, Gabe is a seven-year vet of the CFL. Uh, played up there from Montreal and a proud Wyoming Cowboy. If you see him on, on social media every Saturday, he's definitely repping uh, the, the Cowboy Ups up there uh, at Wyoming. Gabe, welcome to the show, brother. How the hell are you? And uh, let's get rolling, huh? Well, I'm good. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, just hanging out. Got off Got off work this morning. I'm a fireman up in um, Thornton Fire Department, so... Was two days on, and now now I'm off. I got a four day weekend, pretty much. So I appreciate y'all having me on. Man. You're fighting fires and high school coaches, huh? How's that going? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know which one's harder, but um, I tell you what, both of them give me a run for my money. So now, now, as everyone knows, I own Six Zero uh, Football Academy down in Denver, and for the last going on fourteen years now. We've helped countless kids get into college and develop. And, you know, it's really a mecca for the serious athlete down in Denver. And one thing I've noticed here up with Different Breed, what is this, like the fourth, third, fourth year of Different, different Breed, right? Yeah, I think we're going on four. Third year, going, going on, on four. four. Yeah. Is you're, you're helping a ton of kids up north as well with, you know, with recruiting and development and the mental part of it, pushing themselves, being tough being accountable, going to class, doing all the little things uh, that it seems so hard for kids to do these days. And I know you get a lot of blowback, blowback just like I do. Uh, why do you, just ex-pro to ex-pro, bro, why do you think that they go down that road? You know, I don't know. I've, I catch myself thinking about this constantly, you know, like just the, the level of entitlement nowadays it's it, it upsets me. I, I think there's um, I don't know what it really is, but I think there's 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 a lot of entitlement in athletes nowadays where they think that they don't have to put in the work, that they don't have to put in the hours, they don't have to get in the gym and grind, they don't have to watch film. Like they think that it all comes to them, just naturally comes to them. And my job, it, what I'm doing is. At first, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna be a strength coach. I'm going to be a positional coach. I'm going to help these kids get through. And now I find myself more of mentoring these kids yeah. through life yeah. to where I'm like, listen, you know, football is one thing, but life is hard. Life's going to beat the shit out of you. And you guess what? Life doesn't care when you're down because when you're down, it's going to kick the shit out of you. So. Yeah. I, I find myself, I want to toughen these kids up. I want to get, and, and they learn it all through football. Football is a great teaching aspect of, you know, a it's, it's, like the, best, the, it's best. the best teacher in the world. It's the only place where guys like you and I can be guys like you and I, we can't walk into Safeway and just DDT the fucking guy yeah. putting up the cornflakes. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? 
So yeah, I, I look at it like from my 12 year old team that I'm, I'm working with for my young kids with my son and all the guys at the gym, you know, Travis Jones of the COO for six zero and the producer here at Savage and average, uh, the guy behind the microphone, his son, Connor was in the program forever, still is. And now he's a full scholarship early enrollee of Michigan. And I, I just, I look at the kids who finish and buy in and wake up at 5 a.m. and bust their ass and do what I ask them to do and take me on their ass too, because I'm not easy to get along with when it comes to these guys. I have a very high standard and I hold them to it. And I don't, I, I feel like so many coaches now are, are friends with their players as opposed to, I was scared shitless of Chris Wilson when I was at Colorado. I was scared shitless of my high school coaches. I didn't want to let anybody down. I also knew that this was my bridge to what I wanted. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of kids in our state. I know you love Colorado as much as I do, and you want to see it great. And even though you're a Wyoming Cowboy, I know you don't like the fact that CU and CSU are as bad as they are because it doesn't help us at all. It makes our no. state look bad. Um, it does. Do, do, you, do you think that there's a difference? And just more than – like it's not a physical difference, but do you think there's a mental difference between – kids 20 years ago and our old asses now because 20 years ago we were playing you were playing as of three years ago still playing so yeah. do you think that there's a mental difference i think yeah i do you know it's hard because sometimes i i think that and i'm like you know what i'm like these kids nowadays i'm like oh you know they've changed they've changed they're not as hard they're not as tough you know, they're not as driven, but then I'll get some in, but I'm like, that's me. That used to be me. Yeah. So that's a tough one, bitch. It's, it's hard. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. It's hard to say. I think, um, it's just, it, it, I see it more, but I think there's more athletes. There's more kids trying to play college ball. And I think there's more kids trying to play college ball that don't, understand what it takes like that they don't have a full i think maybe at home they're being told well you could do whatever you want to do just you know just believe it but then you don't have to put in the work and you don't have to do the shit that sucks the suck is what what's the hard part the suck is what separates exactly. everybody yes the process and, and, you, and, and i can't tell you how much how how many you know mothers or you know which blows my mind. I have a bunch of moms calling me and telling me what I should be doing different. And I'm a, I'm a very nice guy. I don't like conflict, but I will always shoot them straight. I will. And I'll be like, listen, this is my number one line I give to all my athletes. If you work for me, I'll work for you. If you work hard for me, I'll work hard for you. And it's pretty simple. If I've got somebody that comes into my gym and they come one time and I, I beat, I bust their ass, you know, I put them through a workout that's meant to build mental toughness and, you know, some character. And then I don't see them for a few months. And then all of a sudden I get a call that's like, Hey, what, what's going on for the recruiting stuff? And I, I, I always answer with this. I go, what recruiting? Yeah, it's who, not who are you happening. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen them in months. So I don't know. I think um, a lot of things are thrown around, you know, like the pacification of society. I don't know if that's a thing. I, like I said, I have a handful of core guys 
just like you'd probably get yeah, on do. any team. You got a handful of core guys that you're like, these guys want it. You know what? They might not be the best athlete. They might not be the fastest. But I'll tell you what, if, I, if I'm going to put a team together, I'm going to put these guys here because this guy, number one, he ain't going to give up. And what I tell all my kids that I bring in here is when I, when, when, when I was playing, trying to make college, college ball, trying to chase my dream, I was never the best athlete. I was never the fastest. I was never the strongest. But I knew one thing that I control was I can outwork mostly anybody I was going up against. Work is something that you can control. Hard work, getting up at, at 5 a.m. is something that you can control. Everybody can do oh, it. Man. Everybody yep. can. So just those things that you can control, be good at them. When people are resting, get up and bust your ass in the gym. I used to get off on that shit. That used to make me hard. When I would, when I would <laughs> go work out, when I knew everybody was, when I knew everybody was sleeping, Christmas, Christmas morning, New Year's Eve night, when I knew everybody was partying or sleeping and I could get up and do some work, that made me go. Because I'm like, listen, nobody else is doing it right now, but I'm going to be the motherfucker that's doing it. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, Gabe. So that's what I'm... Brother, you sound... I'm, I'm telling the truth, like I'm talking to myself up here. That's true, bro. I mean, yeah. it sounds like I'm talking to myself in the mirror. This is exactly what I preach and talk about constantly. It's... I, I can't tell you how many people walk into the 6 sign up. I tell them the blunt truth. I'm not as nice as you are, but at the same time, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm kind of nice. And I tell them the blunt truth. Don't sign up if you're not going to do this. This is an investment. This is not just 24-hour fitness. I'm the anti-24-hour fitness. Mm -hmm. Like this, this is about chasing your dreams and getting better. And we have people that don't show up for six months and then just roll back in at football season. Like, hey, can I go on some recruiting trips? And I'm like, who the fuck are you? I, I, yeah, you're exactly. So, look, I, I think that Colorado has got some really great players. Before we move on to, to the rest of the show, They've got some great players in Colorado. There's been some dudes that came out of the state, including both of us. I think that the they could, and I include Wyoming in this when I say the state, because they need to build a, a fence around yeah. Colorado, too. They recruit the shit out of Denver. It's CU, yeah. CSU, Wyoming, and Air Force, and I'm, I'm going to take Air Force out of that because Air Force recruits the shit out of Colorado. If yep. those other three schools can really just figure out a way to keep everybody here, I think that there's... <laughs> greatness on the horizon for these guys and not not just going somewhere and playing yeah I, something you said and when we were talking really struck me is that people are looking more people are trying to get college scholarships now than ever and i i agree with that and this is why in my opinion somebody somewhere and it could have been me it could have been you for all i know who they heard said that yeah you can do this but in the whole in my heart of hearts this isn't for everybody and but you can't do it. We can at least try and weed you out before before you run down this road. I think there's a lot of free school seekers. There's a lot of kids who just want to go to school for free. And unfortunately, the system allows that. But at the end of all of it, when you're looking for a college scholarship and that's the only thing you're looking for, I always tell everybody I work with, I'm not trying to get Josh Bates to Oklahoma or Henning to or to Washington or St. Aubin to Yale. And that's just the kids this year. I'm not just trying to get them there. 
I'm trying to make sure they fucking stay there and they leave a legacy and that they can walk onto the field like you can walk into war, the war and say, yo, I'm back. And they're just like, here you go, coach. Welcome to the war. And I can walk into Folsom without a ticket and just walk onto the field with my sons. And they're like, welcome home. That's at the NFL level, the CFL level. It's a business dog. That's not the way it is. But at your college, that's the way it's supposed to be. And I'm trying to tell all these kids constantly, Getting there is not the fucking goal. Staying there and yep. being a player and and being able to get through the winter conditioning and the adversity and people transferring and all the other bullshit, being a <laughs> fucking being a being a, a pillar for that uh, franchise and for that program moving forward is what this is about. And I'm sure you feel yep. the same way about that, right? Oh, a hundred percent. I I don't know. I, you know, with all the transferring and stuff like that, when my idea of college football is I got offered by Wyoming. I got offered by other schools too. But guess what? I'm a, I'm a fucking poke and I'm a cowboy and I'm going to stay there. And you know what? There's going to be times that they're going to be like, ah, oh, you know what? Maybe uh, this guy's a little better. I'm going to push myself through that. And I'm going to remain a cowboy and I'm going to come out on top. I think with, with the transferring and all that stuff, it, it takes that away a little bit. I love what you're saying. Like when you're committed to a place, you find a way, whether it's I find a way to be a buff or I find a way to be a poke or I find a way to be a ram, whatever it is you put in work. I, I think this is a big problem in, in just the whole recruiting the whole playing ball, like, I think there's too many ways out. I think when you're met with adversity now, and what's too many ways about, out. The, yep. there's too many ways out. When you're met with adversity now at, in college football, the new ruling, and I'm all for guys playing. I'm all for guys making a little bit of extra money. I'm cool with that. But the thing is, if, if you're always, if you've always got a way out, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're not playing, but somebody else calls you and then you go, oh, I'm just going to transfer. I'm going to go try to play here. The thing that I see the most, people that transfer all the time, they never end up, they never end up succeeding that great. If you, if you constantly are faced with adversity and you go, okay, that's cool. I'm going to go somewhere else. Even in high school, you see it now. Oh, well, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not getting my spot. Oh, I'm going to transfer here. Okay, that, that didn't work. I'm going to transfer here. I understand some. it works out for some people. Where they transfer, they, they succeed. But the more times you're bouncing around everywhere, the, it, that's a pattern. So something ain't working. Whether, it, whether it's your work ethic, whether it's you and your coaches, you know, meshing, it just, it just ain't working. So the thing is, like, a little bit, you, people need to be held accountable for their, for their actions. Like if I suck, if I have a few weeks and I'm sucking, I'm not getting to the quarterback. Guess what? I'm going to get benched. Guess what I'm going to do play. though. Yes. Someone else is going to play. Guess what yeah. I need to do? I need to fucking ball up and I need to figure out a way. And I think there's too many ways out nowadays. The, everybody's had so many options to be like, Oh, this guy doesn't like me. I'm going to get out of here. Oh, they don't think I'm a good player. I'm going to get out of here. To me, that's all bullshit. I think that's the part of football that teaches you how to live life. Like Absolutely. life, if, if you're in real life, 
and you keep jumping around all over the place, you're never going to be successful. You, at some point, you need to find a time and a place to go, you know what? It ain't working for me. What I'm doing is wrong. I need to get going. I need to push forward. I need to run through that wall. I need to find success. So that's that, a big thing for me is find success. Make, make shit happen yourself. The sooner Amen you figure that. that out, the better you'll be. Make that and, shit happen and, yourself. This is the ultimate grunt game where guys like you and I can strive and make a career. I can't go play baseball or basketball. I can't go play fucking exactly. soccer. Like, this is exactly. the only thing that I can do from a sports perspective. Like, I don't know where they're going to put a 6'5", 320-pound fucking mongrel on, on the basketball court. So I'm going to foul out. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a, this, in a grunt game, I can work myself into anything, and I can overcome <laughs> anything, whether it's moving positions in the NFL or, or yep. fucking getting hurt in college or whatever the case may be. The kids, I, I feel like there's there's some kids, like you said, before we move on, there's some kids that think like we do still. And those are the ones that I really gravitate towards. It's like a magnet. And we have great relationships until they get to the NFL and after. And there's some mm -hmm. kids that are so talented physically that they think they can just show up. And those are the yeah. kids that, that I that I try and push. And it's the magnets grow apart really fast. And mm -hmm. usually, like you said, it's a mom or a dad. And like, for example... About uh, two weeks ago, we had a kid who'd been in the program for a year. He got offered. He's about to, like, re-up for his senior year and move forward. This is a business. It's what it is. And, uh, yeah, coach, we're good. We're going to move forward. I'm sitting here sending him on recruiting trips. I'm, like, talking him up to coaches. And the day before he's supposed to re-up, he quits, right? And he quits with no phone call, no email, nothing. Just, I'm not going to turn any, I'm not going to return any more blocks me on all the, all the social media platforms. Now, look. <laughs> That's his choice. That's okay. That's a business decision that him and his parents made. My problem is now this kid thinks he's done something. So the one offer he has that he got when he was working his ass off where I'm telling the coach, you should offer him. I stand behind his work ethic. He's not a free school guy. Well, now when they call back, and this is the, this is the rigorous nature of this game. If I'm his agent and he just fucked me, and they call me back and they're like, hey, we want to bring your guy in. We're going to give him a full scholarship. And I go, well, he doesn't work here anymore. He just quit abruptly. I don't really know how to get a hold of him anymore. Are they on the other end of the phone going to be like, well, shit, I can't wait to give this kid a scholarship. Or are they going to exactly. look at it and go, that's a red flag. Just like you said, there's red flags everywhere. And a lot of the yes. time it's parents. Like the, the parents can't sit back and allow a professional to do our fucking jobs. Mm -hmm. Like, if, yep. why did you hire me to help you if you think you know more about this than I do? I'm not walking into your business and telling you how to put a crown on that tooth if you're a dentist. Mm -hmm. yep. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, I know 100%. You deal with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I think the quitting aspect, it's, it's too readily available now. And it's not frowned upon. I remember it's back, like my dad... Exactly. My dad, when I was playing high school ball, my dad coached me at Skyline High School. He was my coach up until my senior year. And in, in my household, quitting was never, even if I was getting fucked, even if I was, if the cards were against me, something was happening, my parents and my father would always be like, you know what, you've done it. Now you see it through. There's no quitting. That wasn't a choice. 
and it helped me throughout my career. I've, I tell my athletes this all the time. I'll have some kids ask me, they, they say, so what was the best time of your career? What was the most important time of your career? And I tell them, anytime you play professional ball, there's always going to be a point where whether it's the coaches, whether it's the organization that they think that you're not good enough anymore. I think the best time in my whole entire career was when I left Wyoming, when I tried, because NFL was my dream, right? Everybody's dream. Who loves right. the sport? Who wants it? Being told you're not good enough was the, being told that I wasn't good enough was the best fucking thing for me that I've ever faced in, the, in my sport. Because guess what? I got released by, you know, went to mini camp with the 49ers, got released quick, done. Football's done. Everybody's like, well, you're not good enough. You're done. I knew in my heart that I was good enough. I had family members that were like, well, you know, it's time to maybe get, time a, job. To get a job. Time to, yep. time to move on. And <laughs> the only person that believed in, in me was me. And I had my wife, and she was like, you know, I know you're a good football player, but how long are you going to do this? And I would tell her, I said, babe, I got this. I know I'm good enough. And then, then I got invited to Canada. And guess what? They brought me in to be a body. That's how CFL is. They brought me in. They're like, you know what? This guy, he was good at Wyoming. Let's bring him in. Let's just see if he could fill a spot during camp. And you know what? Nobody believed in me except me. And I grinded and I busted my ass and I went up there and I started. I got rookie of the year up in the CFL that year because nobody believed in me except me. And the most satisfaction I've gotten out of my whole career is pulling myself out of that hole. And that's what needs to happen. Failure is a good thing. If, if you go through Absolutely. football thinking that failure ding, is bad. Ding, ding. Did everyone exactly. hear that? Failure is a good thing. Fail as much as possible so you can it's learn good. how to do it. Learn and pull yourself out. And after that, guess what? I walked out of that year going, you know what? I'm a bad motherfucker because everybody's counting me out. Everybody's counting me out. And now guess what? You're going to have to go up against me. And I'm hungry as fuck. And I'm going to kick some ass. And that's, that's how I got to, that's how I made my name in the CFL. Because I'm like, you think, oh, you think that you're going up in, against a kid from Wyoming? Everybody counted out? Guess what? I'm going to pound your head. And I'm going to... You know, I'm going to get after it every single play. And people knew. After that season, they knew. And then it wasn't a joke anymore. I wasn't a joke. That's the best thing that could happen to athletes is be counted out. Just be counted out and find a way to get out of that hole. Find a way. Man, brother, you, you're, you're getting me ready to play. I'm over here sweating and shit. We're going to have to meet up on I-25. <laughs> Bang some heads real quick. <laughs> uh, my man Gabe Napton joining us here on Savage and Average. Remember, go to Different Breed. Check it out online, differentbreed.com. Yep. Differentbreed.com. Check them out on the social media platforms. If you're up north, I highly, highly, highly uh, uh, tell you to go check out a different breed. And it, it, the, the recommendation could not come any higher uh, from, from myself down to 6 0. So let's move on here, brother. Uh, Gabe, moving on to the local school, CU and CSU. Before we talk about Wyoming, all three schools lost this weekend, but they lost in different ways. Colorado loses 45-17 to UCLA. Listen to this. Colorado has been outscored 183-47 to the first three weeks, four weeks of the season. CSU, on the other hand, 
got beat 41 to 10 by Sacramento State. They're 0 and 4 now, and they lost to Middle Tennessee State, who just beat Miami, and Sacramento State, who's a big sky school. On the other hand, I watched Wyoming walk into BYU with a pro set offense and, and take it to BYU for a whole half and run with them the whole game. And they were in a position to win the game at one point. BYU's probably got better skill players, and they pulled, they pulled away at the end. But Wyoming and the way that they fight and how many Colorado kids are on that roster, I look at that and I go, why isn't Coach Boulder the coach at Fort Collins or Boulder? Why is he still in Wyoming? And I, I know that you don't want to hear this, but I am beating the fucking table hard for Coach Bull to be in Boulder. I know he's older, <laughs> but his, the way he does things and his staff and his recruiting, and they're, they're hard to deal with in the recruiting department. That's how I know they're doing it right, where they're not just inviting every single fucking kid. Yeah. Where do you think these three, where do you see these three programs going? Start with CU and CSU first. You know, I think, um, I don't really know a lot of coaches from either program anymore. Um, I knew I have a few athletes up at CSU that I have trained before. I think it all, and, and I'm going to tell you this from a, a coach that is actually at Wyoming now, Marty English. He recruited me. Oh, yeah. He's a big, he's a big believer in you pull your best athletes out of Colorado. Whether yep. it's small schools out east or, or bigger schools down here along the I-25 corridor. But the, the thing the, is... English is the one that pulled Muma out of the gym and said, yeah, that's the one. When I was just beating on CU's door like, this kid's mm -hmm. a pro, recruit him. No, he's not yep. big enough. English was like, I'll take him. Fuck, he's a good player. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And that's how Coach English has had great success by doing that. I mean, many of the guys that I've played with were NFL dudes. Um, he recruited Mitch Unrein, who played for the Bears, the Broncos, yeah. uh, Tampa Bay, one of my good friends. Um, Wyoming took a, you know, took a chance on him. He comes down, he finds these kids from programs that maybe, you know, actually, I'm going to say it straight up. He finds these kids from programs that Colorado has passed straight up on. At 100%, All the time. bro. And that Colorado, CSU, Colorado CU. State. Well, think about this too. When Marty was at and what was at CSU, when Marty was at CSU, they had their best run of keeping kids home. Uh, that's the Jesse Nadings, Joel Dreesens, the guys like that. You know that exactly. both of us know. And then, and then the next generation afterwards, keeping guys home. So it, it, when English left CSU and ended up in Wyoming, it's not surprising <laughs> that the pipeline of Denver kids, the developmental Denver kids that CU and CSU turn their nose up at all go to Wyoming. Yep. I mean, exactly. Look, and that's look, where look at Curtis Grandinson for God's sakes. I mean, mm -hmm. fuck, man, that, that kid, that's a Denver kid. And he's a yeah, exactly. stud in the NFL. Exactly. People, you know, I work with a bunch of people at the fire department that are from, you know, they went to college at CU. They went to college at CSU and they always ask me, they're like, so what, why, why does CU and CSU, why do they struggle so much? And I tell them right now, I say, listen, these programs, they're going to California. They're going to Texas. They're going all over the place looking for these guys that they think are going to change the program. When they have guys in their backyard that want it and would proudly play for them. And they'll go there and they'll produce. 
the best years we've had at Wyoming are the percentage of Colorado kids that we had on that roster outweighed any other states. We were primarily we were primarily Colorado recruits. My roommate that I lived with, Brian Hendricks, he was recruited by Wyoming, you know, passed up, passed up, and then went up to Wyoming. Same with myself. You know, CU never even spoke to me. I, well, I will say that's CSU. That's what they do, Cos. Exactly. CSU, with Sonny Lubick, I, I will say that they were trying to recruit me, but I went up to Wyoming because I was like, dang, there's a lot of Colorado kids on that roster, tough Colorado kids that I know of. I was like, I'm going to go up to Wyoming. And that's the problem we're running into now. And that's why I think Wyoming's always been kind of, they've, they've got that, you know what, they might, the last few years, they might not win a lot of, a ton of games. They might not be the top, but I tell you what, they're tough because they've Look, got a lot of kids that are coming right up I-25, right to I-80, right to Laramie, and they're coming up there and playing ball. And then guess what, CSU, if you want to face Wyoming and you've got a bunch of kids up there that you did not recruit, good luck, personal. buddy. Fuck yeah, it's, it's personal. personal. Good it's luck. Fucking personal. Good luck. When you're from Colorado, from the, like for example, CU didn't offer Travis Travis Jones's kid Connor, who's a fucking Michigan full scholarship recruit. They didn't even talk to him or mm -hmm. offer him, and he's in my gym. So I mean, I've yeah. got a fucking like a docket yeah. of kids that are all yeah. over the country, from Trey Zoon, who's the starting left tackle at AM, to Cole Taylor, the starting tight end at LSU, to to the starting guard and center, mm -hmm. Drake Nugent, Bear Miller at Stanford, to Michigan State, to Notre Dame, to Nebraska, and Tennessee, and all these other fucking schools, Michigan. And all these kids should be in Boulder or should be in Fort Collins. Definitely exactly. in Boulder if they're Power 5 material. Don't let them leave. So I guess, I guess look, full circle here. I love the way Wyoming does things because I see them line up with pro set and hammer people. They do things right. That's why so many yeah. Wyoming guys go to the NFL. That's one thing that everyone needs to understand mm -hmm. is like this exactly. system in college football and like all that shit, that's sexy and it'll score your points. But Josh Allen played under center at Wyoming and learned a ton. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like Muma played in a pro style defense right next to Logan Wilson. Yep. Played in a pro-style defense. Both of them yep. are, are outstanding linebackers. Granderson, all these other gentry, all these other cats around the NFL that are Wyoming kids, they all played in a pro system. So if you yep. take a guy like Bull, which I'm surprised Nebraska, him being tied into them yeah. the way he was being there with the black shirts, I'm surprised he hasn't had his name brought up for that job too. Just because mm -hmm. he's a little older. And let, let me ask you this question. I think that like the older cats, the older coaches, Football and coaching is like the only the only job these days where they're not getting ageism against them. Where it's not like, oh, he's too yeah. old to do the job. Yeah, Coach Bull, how old is Coach Bull? And he's in his sixties, right? Yeah, he's in his sixties. Do, do you think guy. that he has enough in the tank to go to a Lincoln or go to a Boulder? Not saying it's going to happen. Of course, coach. Of course, of course. That guy's. If if that, he were there, he'd kill it. Exactly, and that it, it just. It blows my mind, I, and, I, and I love it because I, I want him to stay in Laramie as long as he possibly can. He's a great coach. He's doing the right thing up there. Um, you know, they fall off. Of course, they lost to Josh Allen. They've lost some of their key players. But I tell you what, if he sticks in Wyoming, he's got a young team right now. He's got a real they're young gonna team. Win. They're going to win the Mountain Division, bro. They're, they're fucking Eventually. They're, exactly. And everybody counted us out. You know what? Uh, against Air Force, everybody was like – 
I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to tell you straight. When we went to play Air Force, I, I was like, you know what? This is going to be a hell of a game. Air Force is damn good. They just came off a big win from CU. Well, 31 Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, they're dominating. But I treated it right after it. Everybody was like, yeah, Wyoming. I'll tell you that one of the big reasons that Wyoming beat Air Force is Marty English. Marty English knows how to play that defense or he knows how to – he knows how to coach that defense for that specific offense. I've played yep. in his pro in the, in that defense before against Air Force. And I tell you what, he knows how to do it. I racked up 18 tackles against Air Force when I was playing middle linebacker. He knows how to coach that and he does it well. And those boys, same thing. We're going down to Colorado. Let's gear up. Let's buck up. I cannot Absolutely. wait for that CSU football game. Oh, Saddle man, that's up, gonna baby. A, it's going to be a good an one. Absolute border war, as it's called. All right, so CU goes to Arizona on Saturday night. Uh, who does Wyoming have this week? I think they have um, San Jose State, I want to say. That's a W. San Jose State, that's a San... W. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. And then CSU, they're coming off of a bye week at 0-4, and, and they've got to figure it out as well. Uh, look. CU, CSU, Air Force, Wyoming, the, the hotbed of recruiting is right in your backyard. Please, please, please stop turning your back to it. And, and look, Air Force and Wyoming, if CU and CSU are going to turn their back, take those players real quick. All right, Gabe, let's move on here. Uh, Saturday and Sunday games last week were fucking crazy. Uh, in college football, you had Middle Tennessee going to Miami and putting the 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 beat down on the U at the $10 million coach losing to Middle Tennessee State. Wake Forest lost in overtime to Clemson. AM beat Arkansas in a really tight one. Texas Tech beat Texas. Kansas State went on the road to beat Oklahoma. SC squeaked out of Corvallis with a victory, and the refs helped them a ton. Michigan State, which I love seeing, got hammered by Minnesota. Uh, the parody in college football, man, where do you think it's Georgia and everybody else, or are there some of these other teams that are going to be able to compete with the dogs later in the season? You know, Georgia's a damn good football team. They've got, they've got that thing rolling. That's to me, Georgia's kind of the new Alabama right now. They're they're rolling, they're kicking some butt. Um I heard my boy Joel Clatt yesterday. I was talking to Joel and he's like, Yeah, the top three teams in the country are Georgia, Ohio State. And Georgia's backups. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I really don't know. I see Georgia running it this year. I mean, which I love to see. We've had that that so many years of Bama, you know, being just a, a powerhouse. Nobody could stand up with them. And I think I think what we're seeing now is Georgia's becoming that that powerhouse. And I like to see it. I, you know, college football. Love college football. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, I think Georgia is going to run the whole thing. What, a, what about the, uh, as we talk about, you know, the just the parody all over college football, Oklahoma and Texas both lose. They lose to Kansas State and Texas Tech, two teams that aren't going to the SEC. How, <laughs> how do you feel about the conference realignment? I'm old school just like you. I hate it. I don't like the bus being in the Pac-12, so on and so forth. The conference realignment stuff hasn't really touched the Mountain West the same way as it has the Power Five conferences. Although I'd rather the Power Five conferences, like I love what the Big 12 did, elevating four schools, bringing in UCF and Cincinnati and BYU and Houston rather than keeping them in Conference USA or independent. They yeah. elevate four. Uh, do, you, do you see 
teams being elevated or just teams being just leaving conferences? Is the Pac-12 dead? Um, in a way, a little bit. Like, I like seeing the elevation. I I think there's a lot of good college football. There's a lot of good teams. Um, it's hard to it's hard to place them all in in different groups, right? So, um, I'm not a big fan of it being independent. I think everybody should be in the in the, within somewhere. You know what I mean? For a chance to compete, there's a lot of there's a lot of good teams out there. And to be independent and just be in different conferences and all that, I, I don't know. I, it's working out good. Um, but, again, Georgia's running it right now. I, I just don't, I don't know where these other teams are going to lie right now. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody can really stand up to Georgia in a four-quarter fight based on what I've seen at the beginning of the season, to say the least. <clears throat> all right, getting into the National Football League. Uh, you know, the NFL has been – the NFL, the first three weeks, has looked like the preseason to me, okay? It's sloppy. Guys didn't play a lot, and it, you can tell. Um, it's not, you know, I, I don't agree with that philosophy at all. I think it's fucking ridiculous that they're not, you know, playing in the preseason when that when the time is allotted for them. To oh, don't even get, don't get me started. Don't get me started so on that. That's that's why I'm getting me started. I'm cranking up this fucking engine. And I, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's fucking ridiculous that the first month of the season now is looked at as a preseason. That's not – I thought every one of these games were supposed to count. That's how I was taught in my life. Like, every single minute of a regular season game fucking counts. Don't exactly. you hate – don't you hate that going down this road? The NFL's fucking this up. You know what? I know, I know what it's like to be a vet. I know what it's like to be a vet in a league where you're like – this is preseason, you know, but I also know what it's like to get those reps, to get game reps to where I know I'm like, uh, you know what? We play next week. I don't want to go into this game not having some full speed reps. So it's needed. You need to play. You need to get those reps in. And that's what we're seeing right now. I need callus. Exactly. You need to get that pop. You need to get that full speed, get after it. And you know, get those live reps in because then if not, you're going to enter week one, week two, and, and you're just starting. You're just starting. You're not getting that pop in. You're not getting after it. You're not getting that timing, all that, all that good stuff that you need to perform at your best. You're not getting it. So if you hold them out and, and you're sitting there going, well, we're going to save them. We're going to save them. You're going to get off to a slow start. It's going to be week four or five before you get clicking. So why not get those extra two games? What at least one game? You got to get them in and get them live reps. Get after it. Let those wide receivers, quarterback, get their timing. Let that defense get their groove and get rolling. Then it's going to set you up for the rest of your games. But if you wait and and you go through camp and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, we're week one. There you go. Go get it. You're going to see a lot of hiccups. You're going to see a lot of mistakes. You're going to see a lot of games. We're going to be like very low-scoring games. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a hundred percent. Last week was brought. Last week's banter was brought to you by our good friends at Colorado Center for Functional Medicine. Make sure you go check them out at CCFM uh, on Twitter. They do a great job of supporting the show and the athletes down at Six Zero. Uh, their protein's outstanding, and I'm pumping it on a daily after my workout. So check out Colorado Center for Functional Medicine. They can do all your blood paneling and everything else 
Uh, big thanks to them for all that they do as we move into this week. Um, Gabe, did you see all the different like bust or, or blow ups on the sideline this week from Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy yelling at each other at halftime to Quentin Williams yelling at his defensive line coach because he's being held accountable, acting like a bitch. And then Ken Dorsey freaking out on his office supplies over not being able to get a playoff at the end of the half or the end of the game. People, people like on social media and around the country that don't understand this shit and just look at football like it's entertainment are like taken back by it. Like, oh my God, alpha males in the high tense situations are going to yell at each other. Ooh. And I'm looking at this like that's team building. This is how we get better. I mean, I can't tell you how many fucking drop down like war arguments I've had in my gym alone with players. Like, you need to do it like this, especially older ones. Like I've been, yep. I've argued with pros to the point where we're almost fighting each other because I don't want them to come in and just act like a fucking act like an entitled pro. So when you're the Mahomes and EB thing, I played for EB for a long time. EB's just fiery. He's going to tell you what he thinks. That's a blowover. The Quentin Williams thing and him getting in his coach's face, that looked a little personal to me on the Jets sideline. And I'm a huge Jet fan as I played for them. But Quentin Williams is a guy who's ultra talented that doesn't do his job. He reminds me a lot of Deron Payne, another Alabama three technique for Washington, who is very talented but refuses to do his job. And if you remember, Payne last year had a huge blow up with Reed, another defensive lineman from Alabama who's on Washington's roster, in a game. They were almost fighting each other because Payne wouldn't do his fucking job. Now, they got Quentin Williams almost fighting the defensive line coach, and I bet you all he said was, this is your fucking gap, and you can't be out of your gap. You've got to <laughs> hold your fucking ground, and Quentin blew up on him. Be put yourself in both. You're the player and, and the coach. Who's right? Who's right? Well, if I'm out of my fucking gap, then I'm I'm obviously if I'm the player, I'm wrong. I'm yeah, wrong. So he probably shouldn't yell at his coach, huh? Exactly. Well, you know what? I I say exactly because you know he was wrong. Coach is coaching him up. There's a lot of fire. You know this, and I know this. There's a lot of fire in football. There's a lot of. You know what? You're in an intense situation. People don't understand this. People that look. From the outside in, they don't understand the amount of work and dedication that is put in for, for games. So when, you, when you're a good player and you fuck up and you're in the wrong gap and you're getting bitched at, I was the type of player that if I saw it and I go, I was in the wrong gap. You know what? I Sorry. Gotta fix it. I'm, right I'll, now, I'll I got to fix it. My bad. I was trying to do something. Um, I'll fix it. But I'm not going to blame the player completely because you're fired up. You're in the battle. You're in, you're in the Coliseum, baby. Like yep. you're getting after you're trying, you're trying to make plays, but if you fuck up, you got to own it and you got there's, to, there's plays and there's instances where maybe you, you think you did the right thing where you came off, but if you're out of your gap and you're playing outside of the defense, you got to own it. You got to just own it up and go, you know what? Sorry. But I love seeing the fire. I love seeing just like you said, a lot of people on social media are like, oh, God, uh, you know what? It's a battle down there. Coaches are intense. Players are intense. You're going to get intense conflict. That's what happens. And sometimes it's good. You, you know that guy is pissed off. You know, he's, you know he knows he messed up. 
and the, the tensions are high. It's NFL football, a lot of money on the line. Like these guys, I mean, are, I, I they're used going. to play better when the coach used to fuck with me a little bit. Like when the coach Wilson would exactly. walk up to me at CU, or or Coach Herm would walk up to me at the Jets, or Coach Sperano with the Dolphins, whoever it was, mm-hmm. and be like, "You're not performing. You're not. You're not doing a very good." Like they knew how to twist my fucking gears to the point where I'd be like, "Man, fuck this. I'm pissed off now." Like it, now you just piss me off. Perfect. Perfect. If I, if I get you pissed off to dominate, that's what I'm going to do. Exactly. I would love when a coach came up to me and be like, you know, you're whenever you're out there, you're like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. I, I feel good. I feel like I'm playing good. But then all of a sudden, a coach comes up and goes, hey, Matt, what's the deal, man? What's going you on today? Do anything today? <laughs> and then they walk off. Then they walk off and you're like, what the fuck I is I was going playing on? Good. All right. I'm yeah. Gonna, and, yeah. And then you're like, I'm going to show this motherfucker what's up. And then you go out there. That's perfect for, for what we do now because I think a lot of a lot of kids now they get that and they just go, "Oh, I'm playing like shit." You know, I'm done. And I'm it's so glad be a bad you brought game. that full circle. It's and I think one of the one of the main points now with a lot of this confrontation, acting like it didn't happen back in the day. That's not true either. There were constant arguments. There was just no social oh, media. There were exactly. constant arguments. I watched Darrell Rivas knock out a coach in the fucking locker room once. There's mm-hmm. just no social media at that point, so I'm not recording everything, and neither is the media. Exactly. Now, I think now, especially like I'm going to use the two of us, we're, we're old school. We're cut from a different generation of football where there's no concussion tests, and like I'm leading yep. with my helmet, and I'm trying to be mean, and it is what it is. Like I'm not exchanging jerseys after the game. I'm more apt to tell somebody to go fuck themselves. I'll see you after the mm-hmm. game. Shit yeah. like that. With how nice it is these days, well, the coaches are all old school. This defensive line coach for the Jets, guarantee you, he played back in the day. So he has a standard that he thinks has to be met. And if a new school player that's ultra talented, that just I look at some of these the, the new guys in the NFL, the, the new era of the athlete, where they're big and long and really fast. If they played in an older generation of the NFL – I don't know if they'd be as successful because I don't think they can handle the fucking trauma and the just blunt force and people coming after you every play. We're not throwing the ball 60 times a game. We're running it 50 times a game at you now. So I think that there's a break between the old school generation of football and the way it used to be done and this new school, like we're moving to the Broncos here now in the NFL, but the Nathaniel Hackett way of doing things where, we're not going to do fucking anything, apparently, because we might get hurt. So, personally, I think that that's one of the main things here. These two different dichotomies are clashing. And, unfortunately, I think the soft side is going to win over the hardcore side here just because of the way the NFL is trending. Yep, and I agree. Um, I tell people this all the time. They're like, what would you do if you were an NFL coach or coordinator? I said this. I said the way the fo- NFL football is trending is you got a bunch of passing. Passing the NFL is a passing league. Pass yep. pro. You've got a lot of um, leaner, leaner type athletes that are maybe playing like middle linebacker. You don't you don't see the Erlacher, the Ray Lewis anymore. It's like the big, you know, run stopping machine. You don't see an Al so Wilson like, playing middle linebacker anymore. Exactly. I tell him. I say if I was an NFL coach, guess what I'd do. If I had the money, I would build a whole team around Power Eye, and I would do pulling guards, and I would just pound the fuck out of the football every single play. 
And if nobody knew about it, they would have a big problem for a while. Well, well, look, look at Baltimore and Tennessee. Look at Baltimore and Tennessee. They're both built around run game. And they're exactly. always in the playoffs. And all, like, they haven't won a Super Bowl yet, so it hasn't worked in the play, in the playoffs, quote-unquote. But that said, if you look at, like, the 49ers when they went on their run, mm-hmm. the majority of these teams that get to the Super Bowl run the fuck out of the ball in the playoffs. Like, the, the game changes the when the temperature drops. Let's make fullback great again. Let's make the fullback position great again, where you got one guy – Leading up the fucking A and B gap, just knocking people's heads off, and the running back falling. You got pulling guards. Let's Who's do the it. Best fullback of all happens. time. Best fullback of all time. Blocking uh, and running. I think Allstott's the best runner ever. I was just gonna say. Oh, I think Lorenzo Neal's the best blocker ever. Yeah, that's true. Also, I love Allstott. That, that's All-Stop like one of my favorite it. players right there. Man, you just hand him the ball. Oh, guess. And what blows my mind nowadays is you got, even if it's early in the game, you got a fourth down and you've got half a yard. And or, they or you it. got a yard. Yeah. And, they, and they throw it or they punt it. You should be able to get that fucking yard. Yep. And, and that shows you the direction NFL is trending. If they don't think they can. Or, or, or they wait until late in the game and they're like, well, we got to get it. It's our last chance. Anytime you got two yards, one, two yards, you should be able to hand that ball off and get those yards. Pound that ball. Hey, man, if you can get a yard on the goal line or in the middle of the field or even backed up to keep the game going, exactly. direction, you don't deserve to fucking win. All right, so, exactly. so let's talk about deserving to win here. Um, this next segment, our Bronco Talk, is brought to you by our good friends at Rico's Burritos. Uh, make sure you go check, out, check them out. I'm eating them every morning down at the gym. Uh, they are fantastic. Thank you to Rico Burritos for all that they do. So the Broncos win 11 to 10. That's right, 11 to fucking 10 on Sunday Night Football. Um, I'm not going to get into the little intricacies offensively of the game. It was ugly. I'm going to focus first on the fact that I think we watched the best two defenses in football play against each other on Sunday Night Football. Uh, the Broncos' defense is elite. They've got elite players on every level. The, the linebackers are good. I'm going to count Gregory and Chubb as defensive linemen right now uh, and just say that the defensive line and the secondary are elite, and the linebackers are pretty good. Josie Jewell, if he can stay healthy, I think is an all-pro type player, but again, stay healthy. Um, San Francisco, they struggled with Denver's defense immensely. Denver's offense struggled with San Francisco's de- defense immensely. Bosa was eating. Um I think the Broncos are in real trouble going to the Vegas this weekend for the simple fact that Vegas is 0-3 and have lost three games by one score, and this is a must-win for them. I, I am looking at this, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. I think that Nathaniel Hackett is coaching the Denver Russell Wilsons instead of coaching the Denver Broncos. And the first three weeks of the season, I think it's been – We've got Russell Wilson, so we're going to try and do all this new shit that Russ wants to do, as opposed to running the ball and setting him up for play-action shots and all the things that's made him who he is up to this point. Mm -hmm. So until Hackett decides to actually coach the Denver Broncos instead of coaching the Denver Wilsons, we're fucked. The Broncos are totally fucked. 
So uh, get, let me get your opinion on that because I, I, I really think that this offense is in for more struggle on Sunday. Number one, how is Cam Fleming going to bo- block Max Crosby? <laughs> Max Crosby's a beast. He's a beast. That dude does it. But just like you, we just talked about before with, within the running game of the NFL, we've got to establish a run game. We've got to base, base it off of that. That's going to open up Russell Wilson's game. That's what he's going to be used to. If we can establish a good run game, just like any team, if you can pound that ball and get some yards, you might not break out for 30, 20, 30-yard 30 runs, but you pound it. You get three here, maybe five, six. You know what I mean? We just keep pounding that ball. That's going to open up the rest of the game. On the defensive side, I just got to say, I love the Broncos' defense. I think they, oh, they're playing they're great good. ball. Um, I got a shout out to a former CFL guy that I do know, Alex Singleton, playing on the Broncos. Now he didn't have much of a impact on defense that last game, but a special teams machine. He's their, and best, just, he's their best special teams player by far. He, he's got a nose for the ball. I played against him in Calgary, and I'll tell you what, he was a two-year starter at one or two-year starter at Philadelphia, and that guy has a knack for the ball. He'll get to the ball. He he balled out for Philly last year. Got him a big contract with LeBron. I know it's only a one-year deal, but it's about $7 bucks. so he'll take that. Trust me. Exactly, and I love the dude. I I know where he comes from. I've seen him play. Like I said, he was with Calgary, and that guy just – he gets after it. Sideline to sideline player. He makes plays. Um, Another guy that I do know that's a run-stopping machine, big Mike Purcell, he's in the middle there. Um, just Another kid that went to Fighting up, Grand High School, right? right exactly. Next to my house, who yep. played in Wyoming, but CU and CSU level out of the state. God damn it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and big Mikey is one of my good friends, and I watch him every, every time the Broncos play, and I go, God, that guy just – he eats up blocks. And you know what? If he's going to get on a pass rush, he'll get to that quarterback. And I look, I want to give Mike Purcell a little bit of love here. Mike signed a huge deal two years ago under Vic Fangio. Like, big deal mm-hmm. for a nose tackle, right? And then this yep. year, the new regime came in, and they, they put him in the twos and told him he was a rotation player and then cut him after camp so he didn't mm-hmm. get his contract money. And did Mike bitch or moan or fucking, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to go somewhere else where they like me. No, nope. he re-signed with Denver for a team-friendly deal and said, I'm going to fucking prove it. And, and he's, he's been proving it. He's been proving it. Fuck yeah. He got credit for the safety the other night. He was the, exactly. the, the player pushing Garoppolo out of bounds. Purcell is by far their best run stuffer. He's going to be starting at nose tackle by the end of the year because the interior yep. linemen, you, you can all, you got to rotate three or four of them. All four of those guys are <laughs> starters. I mean, it's not like yep. you're, gonna, you're not going to play a nose tackle fucking 90 snaps. This isn't the bottom yeah. of my end. So yeah. I just wanted to give him a little bit of Exactly. He's a baller. Those guys, I, I tell you what, I love the defense. It's it's hard for me to say, but I, I, I do enjoy – of course, I'd love to see the Broncos, you know, driving the ball, Russell Wilson doing his thing, scoring touchdowns. But you, you like got to just hang your – exactly. I love the defensive part of the game. And, and those guys – I, I've been in those games before where they're sitting there. I guarantee you on the sidelines, they're sitting there going, we know what time it is. We got to yep. go out. We got to get another stop. And then guess what? Offense is going to go out there. They're going to get four and out. Let's go out and get another stop. Let's I mean, make this. Let's put this game on the defense. And they did their job. They did good. They did yeah, great. Look, they did great. 
all you all that matters is the W. So they're two and one, and they're sitting in first yep. place in the West. The Kansas City's two and one. They lost at the Colts. The Chargers are beat shit. Uh, they got ran by Jacksonville, thirty-eight to ten. Uh, and the Raiders are winless, and they they've lost all their games by a score. They're going to be really fucking hungry on Sunday. I, I will say this: Look, I love a good defensive game too. After playing defense my whole life, but then after moving to on to offense in the league and playing there for four years, I I can't watch incompetent offensive football and, and like and sit here and like be able to keep myself cool. Like if yeah. I look at every position and I. I don't know if it's just being old now, but the same way coaches could see everything back in the day, and I'd be like, how the fuck can you see every position? Well, now I can do that the same way you can. And I, I look at it, and I'm like, okay, that guy fucked up. This guy fucked up. And, like, I feel like it's easy to fix if everyone's focused on the team. And I go back to this again. I feel like Hackett and his staff are so concerned with trying to keep Russell Wilson happy and trying to keep Russell Wilson, like, after the fucking Houston game, when Hackett came out and said, well, we're going to do whatever Russ wants to do. What? We're going to do whatever Russ wants to do? He should be the fucking coach then. What do you mean we're going to do whatever yeah. he wants to do? Yeah. Can I come into the office and sit down and be like, look, I think we should do the fucking fumble Ruski. I'm the right guard. Drop that bitch on the ground so I can pick it yeah. up and go score. That's what I want to do. What the fuck? I mean, have you yeah. ever seen this? In a, I, look, I've been in locker rooms with Brett Favre and fucking Peyton Manning, played against Tom Brady, and I guarantee you, played for Josh McDaniels, guarantee none of those coaches ever walked up to them and said, this week in the game plan, we're going to do what you want to do. And I, I include that to Peyton Manning. I 100% include that to Peyton Manning for the simple fact that I watched Peyton acclimate to Gary Kubiak. I watched him acclimate to Jim Caldwell. I watched him acclimate to Tony Dungy. yes. They did some of the things the elite quarterbacks wanted to do. They're not doing what they want to do, though, from a game plan perspective. That's on the coach. That's why he's there. Exactly. Exactly. You can't. You can't go go through a game or or go into a game plan going. We're just going to do whatever you want to do. We got to do what's best for the team to get that the win. Team. No matter what, the whole time. So so if you're if you're finding cracks in the defense you're facing. You've got to figure out how to attack them there. You can't say, well, we're going to do something that's going to make Russ comfortable and make him play his game. If you do the right thing by attacking those cracks, it's going to open up the game for Russ. And you've got to do that every, every single play. Football is a team sport. You know that. And that's just pre preaching to the choir. Anybody that knows it, you can't base everything off of that. That one guy that you there's have. Never, there's We've never been one guy. I've never seen exactly, one guy never. get it save 10 scrubs. No. Never. I've seen, it, it, I've, exactly. seen, I've seen like eight really good players save three scrubs, though. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But I've never yeah, seen yeah. one walk in and save everybody. No. No, exactly. So you got to attack them where they're the weakest. So if they're having trouble with outside zone or if they're having trouble with quick passes, you got to attack them there. You can't just start the game by going, you know what, we're going to do whatever Russ is comfortable with. There's other guys, there's other playmakers on that team, big-time playmakers. I mean, what happens if open Russ up goes the down, God forbid, and your entire fucking philosophy is built around just what he does? Get, see, a, see a Bronco season. That's, that's yeah. what happens right Peace. there. So, <laughs> exactly. Peace out. You got you to gotta figure it out. You got to come up with 
with a game plan that's going to utilize everybody. That's what when, – when you do that, like we were talking about before, when you open up the run game, that's going to open up Russ's game. When, you, when you're hitting different wide receivers, when you're stretching the ball throughout the field, when you're utilizing different, different aspects of your playbook, that's what opens up. That's what wins games. If you're one-dimensional and you're focusing on Russ, peace. Just, peace out. Yeah, just like you done. said. So, yep. okay, how do you think the Broncos, before we get you out of here on that Savage and Average, uh, the great Gabe Nathan joining us here. D make sure you check out Different Breed. Thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. Uh, last thing, Raiders Sunday, 226 in Vegas. Last year when they went to Vegas, they got ran. The year before they went to Vegas, they got ran. Um, the Raiders are 0-3. The Broncos sitting at 2-1, but... I mean, the Broncos' defense is elite. The Broncos' offense is not. The Raiders are midline on both, trying to figure it out. Where do you see this game going? I think um, I love the. Like I said, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm gonna go for the Broncos just because I'm Colorado dude. I have some boys that are playing on there. I think Broncos win this game, seventeen to ten. Ooh, another ugly Honestly. one, but I'll take it. Good defense. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what I see happening. Until and prove me wrong, prove me wrong, and open up that playbook, and then let's throw some points up on the board. But that's where I see this game going. Um, Raiders are solid. They've got a good defense. Max Crosby on the edge is one of the best in the league. Guy could get after the quarterback. That old line's going to have to really bow up and um, and protect Russ. But I see it seventeen to ten. I like it. 17 to 10, Bronco victory. That is Gabe Nathan. I am Matt McChesney. This is Savage and Average. Gabe, so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show, bro. Just tell everybody how they can get a hold of you and how they can check out Different Breed up there. Yeah, so um, I'm on all social media um, Facebook, Different Breed Performance. Um, for Twitter and Instagram, it's just um, at Gabe Nathan. You'll find me. Uh, hey, are you on TikTok? Like I said, no, I'm not on TikTok yet. Dog, you got to get on the TikTok. I, I know, I know. I told you. I, like I said before, I'm a fireman. I work for Thornton Fire Department. Um, I'm doing this different breed performance. I've been going for about three years. Um, I'm not the best social media guy, but I'm working on it. I'm going to have to deal with Matt here to, to set me straight with this stuff. But, you know, I just, I'm working on it. But just follow me. Um, if you're in the North area, I'll help you out as much as I can. Um, my goal is to help the youth. Like I said before, though, if you work for me, I'll work for you. The harder you work for me, the harder I'll work for you. If you, if Amen. you're soft and you don't know about it and, and you don't know if this is quite for you, chances are this place is not for you. So Amen. get in here. If, if you want to learn toughness, mental toughness and get better, come see me. Yeah. Different breed is on that, on that fucking up and up, just like six zero. Both, both of us are trying to stay, change the state of Colorado and the way that things are looked at. Gabe, thank you so much, brother. Have a great weekend, and keep doing you, bro. Yeah. Hey, I really appreciate it, guys, and Fucking love what you're doing down there, and all stay in touch. Let's get something going together, and we'll, we'll get rocking. Yeah, this 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 uh, offseason, we got to get, an, like, a north-south competition going or big yep. man camp or something. We'll, we'll get on the horn and put something together 100%, for sure. 100%. You know Let it. me know, man. Later, I'm dude. here all the time. All right. See you, man. Peace. That is Gabe Napton joining us here on Savage and Average. Uh, before we wrap up today's show, uh, I just wanted to talk to everybody a little bit about uh, the college football games coming up this weekend. 
Uh, and from a betting perspective, okay, I, I think that, you know, that there's a lot of folks that are pissed off at college football because it's really hard to bet on. Like, it's it's hard. And I, I am one of those folks. The NFL, in my opinion, is much easier to place a bet on. And I, I'm on FanDuel, and, and I, you know, I'll give somebody – I'll give everybody a little bit of advice uh, each and every week here moving forward as we talk about the bets and whatnot. Um, so let's go right into it. The, the games this weekend in college football are nuts. Uh, you've got number 15, Washington, going to UCLA. Both teams are undefeated. Uh, the Rose Bowl has had awful attendance all year, although it's going to fill up for Washington UCLA, both teams being undefeated. UCLA put 45 points on Colorado last week. Washington beat the hell out of Stanford after beating the hell out of Michigan State. I'm going to take Washington on the road in this game. I love their their quarterback, Phoenix Jr., is a, a Heisman-type uh, uh, player for me this year. He's really, really special. And I just think UCLA is soft as butter and warm butter, no less. And I, I can't. I can't get with them. There's going to be more Washington fans at the Rose Bowl than there will be Bruin fans. So I'm going to take Washington on the road in that one. Number 18, Oklahoma, coming off their loss to Kansas State, goes to undefeated TCU at 3-0. Coach Dykes has TCU rolling. He just beat the team that he coached last year at SMU last week. TCU-SMU is a huge rivalry. Hopefully, SMU can get into the the Big 12 one of these days as well. Um, Oklahoma going to to TCU, going to Fort Worth is a tough game for Oklahoma, coming off a loss to Kansas State at home. But it's a must-win. And I think that the Oklahoma guys, the, the team I saw go to Lincoln and fucking murder Nebraska. I think you're going to see that team again at TCU. I'm going to take Oklahoma on the road in that one as well against an undefeated TCU team. I'm not talking about points and shit either. I'm talking outright, just straight bet. Uh, Purdue is at Minnesota. I think number 21, Minnesota, is the biggest sleeper in the country right now for the college football playoff. Um, They play in the Western Division of the Big Ten. If they can figure out a way to be 11 and 1, 12 and 0, they they don't have to play Michigan. They don't have to play Ohio State until they get to the Big Ten title game. And the way that they play is conducive to winning one game. And they play great defense. They play downhill offense and they're fucking ferocious and nasty. And they've got a sixth year quarterback who's seen everything. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're rowing that fucking boat up there with the Gophers. So I, I would love to see the Minnesota win the Big Ten. Uh, that would be pretty cool to see a, an up-and-coming team get into the playoff and not just one of the Blue Bloods, although trying to beat Michigan and Ohio State at the end of the year is going to be a fucking feat. Uh, Illinois goes to Wisconsin. I only put this up there because Brett Bielema and Coach Walters, the defense coordinator at Illinois, uh, I played with Coach Walters in SCU back in the day, and they've got the they've got that ship righted. Illinois is playing good football again. Wisconsin's coming off of a fucking beatdown at Ohio State. They're going to get right in this game, although I, I'm going to take Illinois on the road in this one. Bielema going back to Wisconsin, that's going to be enough motivation for them to play. And that that Illinois defense is pretty fucking good. Wisconsin's pretty one-dimensional. Texas Tech goes to Kansas State. Now, both of these teams had two of the biggest wins of the week last week. Texas Tech beating Texas at home. And then Kansas State going on the road and embarrassing Oklahoma with Martinez having four uh, rushing touchdowns in that game and looking like the best player on the field, hands down. Um, this is a this is a pick 'em game, man. Kansas State in Manhattan. The last time they went out, they lost to Tulane, seventeen to ten. Uh, I know that Coach Kleiman and Coach Riley and Coach White or Coach uh, 
yeah, Coach White didn't like that, and, and they're going to get him right. Coach Klein is going to have his quarterback playing right on Saturday like they did when they went to Oklahoma. Texas Tech is a really good team. They beat Texas last week at home. Their Last time they went on the road to NC State, they got their ass kicked a little bit. So both of these teams have something to overcome. One team lost at home to a team they were supposed to beat. One team went on the road, didn't play well. They, that's what they're going to build these two weeks off of. Uh, I, I'm going to take Kansas State at home in this game. I know how hard it is to go to Manhattan and win. Uh, that place is they, – they fill it up and they're loud and they give a shit. So I'll take Kansas State in that one. Number four, Michigan goes to Iowa. Um, on paper, this game looks like Michigan is going to run away with it because the novice will just look at the points Iowa scored. But Iowa's defense is maybe the best defense in the country. Uh, they are elite. Their their safety as a pick in all three or every game they played this year, especially the last three, they get after the passer. They are great up front, um, and they have the kind of defense that can win a game by itself. So <clears throat> that said, Michigan going to Iowa. I'm going to take Michigan. They're the fourth ranked team in the country, but I did watch Michigan struggle a little bit with Maryland last week. Everybody's going to be up to play Michigan this year. Michigan last year was becoming Michigan again. This year, they're Michigan. They're go blue. They're big blue. They're they're ready, and everybody's going to look at them as we've got a that's our that's our measuring stick. Can we beat this team? <clears throat> Iowa has beaten a lot of top five, top ten teams in Iowa City in the past. Coach Prince is known for doing this, so we'll see what happens there. But I'm going to take Michigan over Iowa in Iowa City. Kentucky goes to Old Miss. Uh, this is a huge game, East against West in the SEC. Uh, I love Kentucky. I think they're a really good football team. I'm not a huge fan of uh, of Lane Kiffin, to, just for you know historical reasons. I am going to take Kentucky on the road against Old Miss here. Oregon State goes to Utah. Uh, last year, this this was an absolute barn burner up in Corvallis that Oregon State ended up beating uh, Utah, and then Utah ended up winning the Pac-12 and going to the Rose Bowl. I don't see Utah losing at home in Salt Lake City uh, to Oregon State this year. I think Utah will take care of business uh, against a really, really good, scrappy Beavers team that probably is going to win nine, ten games this year, but they're not going to go on the road and beat the 12th ranked Utah team who is fighting for their playoff lives as well every each and every week as they lost the opener to Florida. Um, one of the best games of the week are the next two. Uh, number nine, Oklahoma State goes to number 16, Baylor. Uh, that's, you know, top 20 matchup. Oklahoma State is fantastic. They've been in the top 10 now for, you know, it seems like years, but they're always up there. Coach Gundy has his alma mater rolling. Baylor, the defending Big 12 champions, uh, a huge win last week against Iowa State and Iowa, at Iowa State uh, up in Ames. This is, a, this is also a pick'em type game. I think the money is pretty much even uh, on FanDuel and the betting apps. But Oklahoma State, I'm going to take the, the Cowboys on the road uh, in Waco. This is a rematch of the Big 12 title game last year where Oklahoma State was literally six inches away from winning that game. Baylor doesn't have the same team, uh, but Oklahoma State's returning damn near everybody. And I think Oklahoma State's the class of the Big 12, although the Big 12 is super deep. Uh, point in case, Colorado, please go back to the Big 12. Utah, CU, Arizona, Arizona State, let's kick rocks and get the fuck out of the California and, and go back to where football matters, please. Um, number 22, Wake, off of their like three overtime loss to Clemson, goes to number 23, Florida State. It's good to see Florida State back in the top 25. Coach Norvell has them rolling. Uh, look, Hart, uh, Hart, Hartman, yeah, Sam Hartman is the quarterback for Wake Forest. 
And he's a fucking dude. He's a first-round draft pick, just like Will Levis of Kentucky. He had five touchdown passes last week. I think he's going to go to Florida State. Florida State's back in the top 25 for only a week, unfortunately. I think Wake Forest is veteran enough, and they've been in this position where they're not going to be intimidated by going to Tallahassee. I played there in college. That place is fucking legit. It is hot as balls, and they are loud, and they defend their home field uh, like very few. And Coach Norbell's got them back playing hard. I wouldn't be surprised if Florida State wins, but I'm going to take Wake Forest on the road just based on the quarterback play uh, with Hartman being a much better quarterback than Florida State can try it out there with their quarterback being hurt. Number one or number two, Alabama goes number two, number 20, Arkansas. Uh, another ranked matchup. Alabama got away with one earlier this year in Texas uh, where, you know, I thought that they lost the game and the refs essentially said that they didn't. Um, Arkansas coming off of a heartbreaking loss to Texas A&M last week where the ball ricocheted off the upper, uh, 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 upper end zone fucking field goal thing. Yeah, that's the CTE right there kicking in. Uh, but they missed the field goal at the end of the game to tie it. They lose 23-20 in the Southwest Classic Texas A&M. Uh, big win for A&M, a huge loss for Arkansas because they've got to play Bama this week. So if you're an Arkansas fan, you were hoping to go one-on-one one in those games and beat A&M, uh, but you lost that game, so this makes it a must-win with number two, Alabama, coming in to Arkansas. Look, I would love for Arkansas to win this game. I just I can't pick them. I can't do it. I like Pittman. I want Pig to win. But Alabama's got the defending Heisman Trophy winner, and they're loaded, and the refs are not going to let them lose. <laughs> just, I hate to say this, but the fucking refs are on Alabama's team pretty much everywhere they go. So I'll take Alabama when they go to Arkansas. Uh, I only bring up this next game because fucking Kansas is 4-0, but Iowa State goes 2KU, 4-0 Kansas. Uh, Coach Leopold has them rolling, and they're not just beating FCS schools either. Kansas is beating up on ranked Houston and West Virginia on the road. And, you know, they got another win last week at home to make them 4-0. So that's huge. Looks like KU is going to go bowling this year. Iowa State and Coach Campbell coming into Lawrence. It's a huge game for Kansas. They're going to go out and play hard. Uh, Daniels is a hell of a player. And I'm going to roll with KU here. I think uh, Rock Chalk goes to 5-0. and And Coach Campbell at Iowa State, the more that he loses there this year in their rebuild year, the more he's going to be looking at other jobs, i.e. Lincoln, Nebraska, a little bit harder, as I think it's a lot easier to reload in Lincoln than it is in Ames, as he's finding out. Uh, Texas A&M goes to Mississippi State. I'm going to take the Aggies in this one, uh, just for a little home cooking with the left tackle for Texas A&M. Trey Zoom playing at such a high level. Uh, he was outstanding last week against Arkansas. Just absolute lockdown on the left side of that offensive line. Only a redshirt freshman from Fort Collins that should be playing left tackle in Boulder right now. But he's playing for the Aggies, and he's setting himself up to get a big fucking bag down the road. So I'm going to roll with Texas a and Trey Zoom, going to Starksville to play Mississippi State. And lastly, NC State at Clemson, number five Clemson. Uh, NC State is a really, really good football team. And I, I look, going to Death Valley is really hard. It's hard to win at Death Valley, Clemson. Uh, DJ Alphabet, however you say his last fucking name, the quarterback for Clemson last week had another five touchdowns in that game. That game was nuts. The Wake Forest Clemson game was crazy. NC State has that kind of offensive personnel. They have the kind of people that can line up and play. And their defense is much better than Wake Forest. This is going to be if there's if NC State's getting points, 
take the points on NC State, but I think Clemson wins outright. All right, so that is Savage and Average, uh, episode 12. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. Thank you to our sponsors, uh, Colorado Center for Functional Medicine, and, of course, uh, everybody's at Rico's Burritos for all that they do. Thank you to Travis Jones for all the hard work behind the mic, and a big thanks to, uh, to different breeds, uh, Gabe Napton up there in northern Colorado. Make sure you check that out. Uh, and go support everything Gabe's doing as he's trying to do what I'm doing and change the state of Colorado for the better. Uh, I will be uh, back next week. Uh, Romy Bean, uh, the great sideline reporter for the Denver Broncos. And you can see her all over CBS. And, well, I don't know if it's CBS, but all over the TV uh, and all over social media. Romy's going to be joining us next week at the gym uh, to talk NFL heavy and your Denver Broncos hopefully getting a win over the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, so uh, thank you to everybody for listening, and we're out.